Wake Up. It's Sleep Unplugged, episode 21. Sleep and food. You sleep what you eat. Welcome, everybody, to the show. My name is Dr. Chris Winner. Happy to have you if you're new to the show, and really happy to have you back if you're a veteran. This is episode 21, and just like episode 18 dispelled a massive yearly myth that was the episode on daylight saving time, this is a huge one coming up. About this time of year as we're getting together and people coming home from college and families are getting together and we're figuring out what we're gonna have for Thanksgiving if that's a season that you celebrate. Also comes with it reporters and television shows and local news talking about tryptophan and turkey. So almost called this episode 21, Sleep and Food. Turkey, tryptophan, and other myths about sleep. Uh, but I thought this would be a, a more general uh, topic. So welcome here. Glad you're glad you're with us. Uh, if you want to communicate with the show, that is easy. You can find me on Twitter, dr. Chris Winner, Instagram, dr. Chris Winner, and TikTok, dr. Chris Winner. Uh, so far, Twitter has not gone full hellscape. So you can easily reach me on that platform. However, if it does, you might have to switch over to Instagram. The whole Twitter thing is getting me thinking, gosh, I should probably do more with my TikTok page, but just can't bring myself to do that right now. So it's, it's kind of a sad page. I, I don't mess with it too much, but everybody tells me it's the platform of the future. Uh, Twitter is on its, on its, its last legs. You're hearing its dying breath, which I hope not, that's not the case. Got a lot of good friends on Twitter and really enjoy the communication on there. So anyway, those are the great, best places to reach me. If you want to read my books, they are The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It, and The Rested Child, Why Your Tired, Wired, or Irritable Child May Have a Sleep Disorder and How to Help. If you want to watch the episodes that we record, they are available on YouTube. Just type in sleep unplug. So this is a big topic. Uh, some disclaimers here. Number one, I am not a nutritionist or a registered dietitian. I work with a lot of them in terms of the teams that I support, uh, professional teams. So I get a lot of input and spend a lot of time around nutritionists and dietitians, and they're great. They're lovely people, and they've got real expertise. In fact, we sit around and sort of gripe you know, over lunch sometimes about, I'm not sure that there are that many sort of scientific areas that are fraught with so much sort of bad science and bad ideas than sleep outside of nutrition. So I, I, I can complain to other people about the you know, sort of uh, varying spectrum of sleep expertise and and uh, to anybody but i can't complain about that to nutritionists they, they they deal with that all the time so i want to be very cognizant of that and say right up the front I, i'm not a nutritionist i'm not a dietitian and i do not pretend to be i am a neurologist and sleep specialist and that's it however being sleep adjacent makes me sort of sleep and food adjacent so what i'm going to talk about here is sort of ideas about sleep in a very broad sense 
I will probably make mistakes. And if I do, I hope that uh, people who are smarter about these things will, will point them out. I will tell you this, my, my personal belief about sleep and food is this. I, I think there are definitely foods that dramatically you know, help with our sleep. There are foods that dramatically help with wakefulness, but there is definitely a spectrum. So if somebody's really struggling with their sleep and thinks more zinc is going to be the key, yeah, I hope it is. Uh, you know, as long as you're increasing your zinc in a logical and, and scientific way, I, I would love to get a, uh, an Instagram direct message. I'll, I'll put you on the show, man, that says, I was struggling with my sleep for 15 years, bought the new mattress and the cooling pillow and the pajamas, but got a zinc supplement from my local drugstore and was perfect. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but it's not going to be the thing for the majority of people. So the bottom line of what I'm going to say is I wouldn't trust a lot of sleep and food fads. And number two, I think that the secret to optimizing your sleep through food is to eat well in a variety of things, because with a variety of foods are going to give you a variety of vitamins and minerals many of which play integral parts in the processes in our brain that are happening when we sleep. So let, let's talk about that. Um, I think the best way to frame this discussion is really through the synthesis of melatonin. I think that's really interesting. And when you read articles about foods, they sort of stick to that. So that's what we're going to kind of framework our discussion on. Before we get going, I always like to address viewer comments, concerns, criticisms, questions. No criticisms this time, uh, which, is, which is great, but I certainly invite people to who've listened to other episodes of the show. If you find things I've said wrong or uh, need more clarification, let me know. I, I like this. I, I got a, a, a message from uh, a woman uh, on Instagram. I won't put her name out there just because I'm not sure if that's exactly what she'd want me to do. She wrote, I just listened to your podcast. It's great. My question is this, uh, is it possible to create a habit of night wakings? She said basically 18 years ago, she started having some sleep trouble due to marital issues and perimenopause. Doesn't feel stressed about these things, but does wake up a lot and feel exhausted. You know, what can I do? Thank you very much. I really appreciate the communication and thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. A couple things. Number one, because I left menopause out of my first book, we made it episode three of the podcast. So I invite you to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. First Monday of every month, we do an episode about insomnia. And the episode that we did, episode 15, was insomnia and awakenings at night. So that might be a helpful episode for you as well, too. The idea of making it a habit to wake up, absolutely. And, and the biggest population that we see this with are mothers who have recently had children and now they are waking themselves up potentially to nurse. So wake up, turn on some lights, go get the baby, maybe make yourself a, a little chamomile tea. Uh, as you nurse the baby, uh, you sit there and maybe, you know, read a book or um, you know, listen to some music or you're just so in the moment with your baby and then you put the baby down hopefully the baby goes back to sleep and then you're awake and for a lot of mothers what they'll tell you is after the baby started sleeping through the night I'm still waking up at 3 a.m. And, and, and whatnot when I would typically nurse the baby 
So it is very, very possible to make it a habit. Uh, 17 years is a long habit, but you know, when you think about the three P's of, of insomnia, there is a predisposition, you're sort of type A, anxious maybe to begin with, your schedule isn't all that great. The second P is the precipitation. What, what caused the problem? Well, it was the baby. I've had this problem ever since I had babies. Um, and then the third P is perpetuation, in this case, 18 years of perpetuation. So hopefully there's some things in there in those first two episodes that we can talk about uh, in, in the menopause episode of the wakings that will help you out. The biggest thing is not to stress about it. People wake up a lot during the night. I think these things tend to go away when people just have a good book and, and are not really stressed about the awakening. So thank you so much for, for writing in. So let's talk about sleep, fats, proteins, carbohydrates. Uh, we're going to focus mainly on uh, protein and carbohydrate in this episode uh, for, for a variety of reasons because they're the ones who are most commonly implicated with sleep. Not that fats are important, they certainly are. So let's think about proteins. What's a protein? Well, protein is generally sort of a combination of amino acids. So what are the building blocks of proteins? The building blocks of proteins are amino acids. There are 20 of them, and if you took biochemistry, you had to memorize them. And nine of them are essential. And one of those essential amino acids is tryptophan. So tryptophan is in the foods we eat, namely protein. Some proteins are gonna have more of these amino acids than others. Um, so when we're looking for the synthesis of melatonin, which is what we're talking about, we're starting with tryptophan. And since we're starting with an amino acid that comes from protein, hey, Chris, what are the proteins that I can get that are going to give me a lot of that raw material tryptophan? And that really dovetails very nicely into the turkey and tryptophan conversation that we are about to have within about a week or so uh, full force. Uh, I'll keep, I mean, what I'll do is I'll keep track of the number of media outlets that reach out to me about that specific question about turkey and tryptophan. I'll tell you right now, we're already at two <laughs> at the recording of this episode. There are some eager reporters who really want to break that story. You know, it's like right after you put your Halloween decorations away, we are talking tryptophan and turkey. So a couple things. Number one, the reason you fall asleep at Thanksgiving is not because of the tryptophan uh, in your turkey. Why is that? Well, number one, tryptophan is not really, there's not that much tryptophan in turkey. There's actually a lot more in chicken. So if your family is having chicken this year for Thanksgiving instead of uh, turkey, which maybe some people are, inflation, food's very expensive these days. Maybe everybody just gets a, get a couple of rotisserie chickens and call it a day. I think chicken tastes better in turkey anyway. So I don't think that's a bad idea. There's actually a lot more tryptophan in chicken than there is in turkey. And if you're looking at looking for the, you know, the sort of the top of the pyramid meat, it might be elk. Elk has got twice as much tryptophan in it than turkey. So, and if you got elk roaming around and you're, it's legal to hunt them, that, that might be free. So if you really want the sleep promoting effect of meat at your Thanksgiving table, choose elk. Um, I'll, I'll say really quickly, I'm, I'm not being paid by the elk lobby or the elk industry to say that. Um, that's free and clear. Uh, I have no, I have no relationship with big elk. Um, and speaking of that, just again, not a dietitian, not a nutritionist. If you want good information about nutrition, check out Precision Nutrition. I do have a, I do have a relationship with them. I've done some content for them. I helped them design a class on sleep, stress, and recovery. 
but they have no involvement with this episode, with this podcast, et cetera. They have no idea. I just mentioned their name. But I think that's a great source of information if you're, hey, I like what Chris had to say in this podcast, but I'd like to know more and want more expert opinion about some of these things. Precision Nutrition is a great resource. I highly recommend it. So we need tryptophan. We're going to look for it in, in things like milk. Milk's got a lot of tryptophan. It's probably the largest source of tryptophan in the typical diet. It's like 700 milligrams per, per quart. Uh, tuna, a salmon is in there. Uh, we talked about turkey and elk. Uh, chickpeas, hummus, that's a great. If you're looking for a sleep-promoting snack when you're in the airport, I always like to find those little hummus cups with the little flat pretzels on top. I think those are really nice to eat. Oats, uh, I haven't really spoken about those. Um, before, but I love overnight oats and late night oats. I made a video about late night oats where I like to eat oats before I go to bed. And there's these great moon milks um, that Sonoma makes. Again, I'm not not sponsored by Sonoma in any way, but they make a lavender one. They make a hibiscus one, um, the turmeric one. And then I put like tart cherries in there and, and other stuff. And I love to eat that before I go to bed at night. So oats are a good source of that tryptophan as well, too. Um, almonds have a lot of tryptophan. Is it almonds? I think almonds have a bunch of tryptophan in them, too. Um, sorry, no, 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 no. Take it back. Almonds have uh, melatonin. Actually, different. they're a source of melatonin, not tryptophan necessarily. So we've, uh, no, they are, sorry. Almonds are a good source of tryptophan. Yeah. Almonds have just about everything in them. Magnesium potassium, tryptophan, melatonin. So nuts are fantastic just across the board. So we ingest the protein and we've got tryptophan. Well, we got to get it to where it needs to go in the bloodstream and in the places in the brain. What can we do to do that? Uh, a couple things, calcium. Calcium is a wonderful cofactor in terms of helping to get that tryptophan where it needs to go. Um, I think everybody knows about calcium and, and where you can get that. Dairy products have it, sardines, salmon. Uh, I love salmon. I think salmon is a great food to promote sleep. It, it, it pops up on all kinds of lists. Uh, it also pops up on lists of things that can help you give, give you energy, which is probably not what you want before you go to bed. But you know, one of the things I always tell the baseball players and athletes I work with, you know, if you need something to snack on before you go to bed, salmon jerky has got a lot of what you need to help you uh, with your sleep. Just make sure you brush your teeth before you go to bed. So calcium really helps the tryptophan get to where it's going. Uh, the other thing that really helps potentiate the tryptophan is the way blood sugar works. Foods with a high glycemic index, rice, rice has a high glycemic index. So what's happening in Thanksgiving probably has a lot to do with that in terms of its sleep promoting effects. We sit down at the table. Yes, we eat our turkey. Doesn't have much tryptophan in it. Nobody eats that much turkey anyway because it's dry. <laughs> It's dry every year and there's no amount of gravy you can fix that. So eat your turkey and you get a little bit of tryptophan. But what else do you eat? You eat stuffing, you eat cranberry sauce, you eat mashed potatoes, you eat sweet potatoes with the nuts, and the caramelized, caramelized brown sugar butter on top, pies. Our family is crazy about pies. In fact, I think it was floated one year that the, the Thanksgiving would just be pies or something like that. <laughs> so we got the mincemeat, we got the apple pie, we've got the pecan pie. I mean, just, ah, oh, just love them. So what's happening is essentially a carbohydrate bomb is going off inside of your body. So massive carbohydrate, carbohydrates, massive sugar, 
massive spike in your insulin. And that is a huge promoter of tryptophan getting into your bloodstream. And that's probably the biggest reason why we feel tired during, after Thanksgiving. That's why we fall asleep watching the Lions play football every year. It's not because of the tryptophan and the turkey. It's because of the uh, adjustments and, and the reactions that happen when our blood sugar spikes and insulin spikes. And it allows these things to sort of enter into the bloodstream and into the brain. So let's synthesize some melatonin. We haven't really talked specifically about melatonin as a whole yet. We will get to it when we do our talk about light. But we also did a discussion uh, about it with circadian rhythms. So we know that melatonin is, is sleep promoting. It's really a sleep timing promotion, but people take melatonin gummy bears all the time to help them with their sleep. Um, so what, where, where is it coming from naturally? Because we can make it. We, have, we, we get tons of it in our body if we want it. So we start with tryptophan. So got to have the right protein sources in your diet. We have tryptophan. Um, it's ready to go. The first step in melatonin synthesis is tryptophan gets converted, gets converted into 5-HTP um, by a chemical called uh, trypto, tryptophan hydroxylase. Um, and tryptophan hydroxylase works best when it's associated with folate. So here in this first step of melatonin synthesis, we're going from tryptophan to 5-HTP. Folate makes that happen a lot better. Where do we get folate in our diet? There's all kinds of sources for it. Um, uh, vegetables have a ton. Green vegetables have got a lot of folate. Um, and there's folate supplementation if you want to take it as well too. So um, th that's an important step. So now we're left with 5-HTP. If you actually look at certain sleep aids, a lot of time there's something on there that says something about 5-HTP. And what's interesting about 5-HTP is it's unclear how well it crosses the blood-brain barrier. Uh, there were a bunch of studies in the 80s that said it didn't really do it that much. It was so very vanishingly small that if you're putting 5-HTP in your little plastic container that's going to make you sleep and you drink it, the question has always been, does it do anything or does it just get in your gut, gets in your bloodstream, can't cross the blood-brain barrier, gets metabolized and screed and it's gone. Um, but it's very important in terms of being a cofactor for further steps. Now, 5-HTP can be converted by a chemical called AADC, amino acid decarboxylase, um, into serotonin. And we talk a lot about serotonin when it comes to mood and depression, and it's, a, it's another important chemical in the brain. Um, that chemical is assisted, that chemical transition is assisted by vitamin B6, which you can find in beans and chicken and leafy greens. Papayas are great. Um, and, and that's helping the conversion of the 5-HTP into serotonin. And actually, kiwis have a lot of, of uh, serotonin in them and have been thought to be really helpful in terms of boosting levels of that in the body. Um, Let's go back to the 5-HTP. We're not going to use the AADC. We're going to use a different chemical called aryl alkylamine N-acetyltransferase, or AANAT. That chemical is going to convert the 5-HTP into NAS, which is N-acetylserotonin. Um, N-acetylserotonin, or NAS, that conversion is helped um, by zinc. And we talked about zinc a minute ago. 
you know, zinc you can find in meat, fish, seafood. Um, it's also helped by the presence of magnesium, which again, leafy greens, almonds, there's like 19% your magnesium in one serving of almonds, uh, pumpkin seeds, beans. So uh, again, you see that the chemicals that are, that are assisting that transition are things we often find in our diet. Um, so now we've got NAS, the N-acetylserotonin, and we're going to convert that into melatonin. And that happens with a chemical called HIOMT, methyltransferase. That's a mouthful. And that chemical transition of NAS into our final product of melatonin heavily relies on B12, which we can find again in fish, poultry, eggs, dairy. Um, and that gives us our final product of melatonin. Melatonin can be synthesized in our body, but we can also find it in foods. And the two big ones, we mentioned almonds before, the two big ones uh, that you often see talked about are black walnuts and tart cherries. Both have high levels of melatonin in them. And so tart cherry juice or tart cherries, I always put tart cherries in my late night oats. In fact, one of those moon milks was a cherry hibiscus uh, moon milk which is delicious that's the one i always put the tart cherries in um throw a little chopped up black walnut in the morning a little chopped up uh, almond and, and you're really or, sorry in the evening and you're really getting a big dose of not only building blocks for for melatonin but also you directly in, increasing melatonin levels with those uh, foods so that's the the melatonin synthesis pathway um, if you wanted to know. And so if you kind of stretch it out and think about the steps along the way of converting uh, tryptophan into melatonin, all the different things that support that are the things you're going to find in a balanced diet. So again, not going to solve your sleep problems probably by increasing zinc, but if you increase the variety of your diet and you're getting more zinc and you're getting more B12, and you're getting more magnesium and you're getting an appropriate amount of the raw proteins that are going to give you tryptophan you're going to support your sleep in, in wonderful ways so some other some other chemicals that you may have heard of um, gaba uh, is another one um, gaba uh, glutamate idea uh, is, uh, is, is gaba is uh, comes from glutamate which is an amino acid when glutamate gets converted with glutamate decarboxylase, it makes GABA. GABA is a food that really is a, is a neurotransmitter that really turns down uh, the volume, so to speak, of the central nervous system and comes from kind of interesting places. I mean, there's some, you know, some beans and rice and cabbage and cauliflower have GABA in them. But um, the place you often see that's talked about a lot are teas, green tea, black tea, oolong teas um, contain a lot of GABA. Um, which is why a lot of people like to have teas of, of certain kinds uh, to promote the, that chemical being present in your brain um, to make sure you've got enough to kind of um, sort of turn it down. Um, potassium, we've talked about some as well too. Uh, green leafy vegetables, spinach, collards. Uh, people like to eat a banana right before bed because that's a lot of potassium. Um, so potassium is a very, very strong supporter of um, again, a quieter central nervous system. Um, so using that can be very helpful uh, as well too. Uh, chamomile tea is an interesting one to talk about as, as well as passion flower tea. 
uh, it contains an antioxidant uh, called uh, it's um, a pinogen. A pinogen is found in passion flower chamomile, and this antioxidant can bind certain receptors in your brain and potentially create more sedation as well too, uh, which is why a lot of people like to drink uh, those things before they go to bed at night. Other chemicals you may uh, run into when you're talking about uh, sleep, L-ornithine, I've never really found any sort of compelling research that you know, says the foods with, with, with that in it really uh, promote sleep. Um, uh, histamine, histamine is the most alerting neurotransmitter in your body. So if you're looking for foods that are going to uh, create sleep via histamine, they're going to have to sort of diminish or block histamine. Anything that's enhancing histamine in your brain is going to make you feel a bit more awake. Um, and then acetylcholine, which is the uh, chemical uh, that is often deficient in individuals with Alzheimer's disease, has sometimes been kind of linked to certain aspects of sleep. Uh, in terms of certain foods that promote acetylcholine, I don't think there's great evidence uh, of those things at this point. So that's really what I wanted to talk about in this episode. The real point of the whole situation is, again, eat a variety of foods. Within that variety of foods, you're going to have a variety of all of these neurotransmitters, all these vitamins, all these minerals, all these particular cofactors, and probably things that we have no idea about that can really help with your sleep. Things to avoid before you go to bed. Just eating in general before you go to bed, never a great idea. Heavier foods, fattier foods, not a great idea. Spicy foods, uh, spicy chicken wings, uh, things of that nature are not great. And then we often talk about caffeine is not a very good idea right before an individual goes to bed. Uh, you can throw alcohol in there as well too, which we've talked about before. So that's it. I wanted to keep this episode short and under 30 minutes. Love your feedback. Love to hear what foods you find really help with your sleep or your relaxation level, or if you've just never really found anything to be that useful at all. Any corrections or comments or uh, things like that, we'll, we'll talk about in future episodes. Uh, contact the show, uh, Dr. Chris Winter Instagram, Dr. Chris Winter TikTok, uh, as well as Sleep Unplugged on YouTube. Uh, my book's The Sleep Solution Why Your Sleep's Broken and How to Fix It, as well as The Rested Child Why Your Tired, Wired, or Irritable Child May Have Sleep Disorder and How to Help. Both books feature ideas uh, for foods and, and whatnot that can help you sleep. Uh, more information, check out Precision Nutrition. And uh, that's it. Until next episode, everybody sleep well.